0: What's up, bikers? I'm Robert. This is the bugger Bar Podcast live stream, episode 131. Today we have buy saddle, and you may not have heard of them, but if you've ever watched the documentary on Netflix about the Iron Cowboy and his, like, I think he did like 50 consecutive Ironman's Iron Man's and every day, he was using this saddle. So we're going to go ahead and talk to them because they have this fully adjustable saddle that i don't know a lot about and by the end of this episode we're all going to know a lot about it in the meantime before we get started do me a favor follow me on instagram i say this every show follow me on instagram follow me on facebook or one or the other, actually don't do them both because that'd probably just be um, obnoxious. you get the same stuff twice. But if you do that, you get to see a little bit more about what's going on in the channels. Like if I'm traveling somewhere, I'm gonna do some kind of group ride or something like that. Sometimes I'll throw those out there. Anyways, it's good It's good to see those numbers grow. It keeps me motivated, it keeps me going. I wanna send a special thanks to everybody out there on Patreon, the new people that signed up from last week. Thank you. Really appreciate it. You guys are my sponsors. You guys are the ones that are making this channel happen and, uh, keeping me from getting a sponsor so I can be like, what what would BKXE call it? Joey Trek. If you guys watch his, uh, uh, YouTube channel, he had this like alter ego of, of the, the sponsorship guy. So anyways, to keep it real, Go ahead, go ahead and swing by Patreon. It's like, like I always say, man, you buy a beer, a beer at the bar, and you throw the bartender a buck. It's like that, except for you get to listen podcasts every week. So you could do that, or you could shoot down like the five dollar pack, or the five dollar club tier, whatever you call it over there. You get some extra content, get um, some stickers get some, there's a bunch of stuff on there, early release videos, stuff like that. So you can go ahead and swing by Patreon, check that out at patreon.com slash biker, B1KER, or patreon.b1ker.com, one of the two. However you want to get over there, get over there, check it out. Those of you that listen to podcasts, if you don't subscribe to your podcast or to this podcast, please do that. And um, if you feel like going over to like Apple podcasts or wherever you're at, you're watching your podcast or listening to your podcast, write a review over there. I think Apple is the only one that has the reviews. Someday, I'll I'll actually spend the time to look around. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure Apple's the only one. At least those are the ones that I go read. So if you want to make me extremely happy, this month of August is my birthday month. Go over there, write me a five-star review. That'd be super rad. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, thumbs up, do all the things. I really appreciate that. And uh, let's go ahead and bring our guest on. We have Jeremiah from Biasal. How's it going, man?
1: Uh, it's good, Robert. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like I was saying before the show, I, I got one of your ads on Facebook and next thing you know,
1: bam. <laughs> yeah, I, I was
0: I, I went and took a look at the website. And uh, like I was saying in the intro, you guys had that that um, the Iron Cowboy running on on your saddle. And honestly, I, I'm not usually one of those people that's like influenced by athletes like that. But whenever I saw that like that like he was using your saddle I was instantly like okay well there's something to this because that guy spent an insane amount of time in the seat
1: yeah so. he, he he is a cool guy he um he's got some haters out there I don't really know why because man I've been up to his house and uh, spent the day with him and he is just the nicest guy he's got a yeah. family um
0: Dude, that's the world for you though, man. I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. somebody's going to bitch about it, man. Like I always joke, you could go out to the street and hand a million dollars to like 10 people and one of them is going to be like, well, you know, I have to pay taxes. Wow, there you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hang on a second. Mowing the lawn.
0: to do in your podcast in the garage when your air compressor decides to turn on. <laughs> that was a first. So sorry about that. That definitely threw me off a little bit, though. But um, yeah, no, somebody's always complaining. It doesn't matter what it is, right?
1: But he I don't know. So you talked about him being on Netflix. And he, uh-huh. he does that was that might have been two or three years ago or more. He did 50 Ironman in 50 different states in 50 days. Yeah. He actually did not ride our saddle on that like competition, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Um, but if you watch the document documentary, he talks a lot about how pain, how much pain he's in. He's got uh-huh. saddle sores, numbness. And that's why we called him up. We saw that and thought, man, like you need something better if you're gonna do this type of stuff. And uh connected with them. And together we developed uh i think i've got one right here let me see if this is the right one we developed this one together with james yeah that one's called the bonneville Mm -hmm. uh he needed something that was a little bit shorter we spent a lot of time up in salt lake city at a fitter um higgins i think john Mm -hmm. higgins Uh, using his heat map technology and trying to figure out what, because James was different. He's got really long legs and a short torso. Mm -hmm. He's actually pretty short. He's like 5'10", 5'8", something Mm -hmm. like that, Um, trying to figure out something that would work. And we spent, the reason why he needed something to work, I don't know if you knew, he did 101 full distance, meaning like an Ironman distance triathlon. He did 101 in 101 days, and that was last year.
0: Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. I said yeah, that thing. I appreciate you for for correcting me.
1: So we're trying to find something that would work for him, so he could make it, so he didn't have to tap out with saddle sores and stuff. Um, and that's what we came up with. So, you know, that's just a... later. That's what he wrote. He wrote that one hundred and one days.
0: And he was doing how how much distance a day?
1: um Cycling that is the Ironman right it's like it's 100 miles right it's over 100 yeah it's like 112 miles per day good,
0: good lord
1: wow that's just crazy
0: to think about I mean when he did the 50 that was like so he was doing full Ironmans for 100 days
1: yeah Now he didn't travel to a different state he did that at home
0: yeah yeah he
1: go swim and bike and run um and he had a lot of people outright with him and
0: yeah either way i mean yeah. it's, like still no matter what you like put around it it'd be it's still like ridiculous what he was doing so
1: his friend so, aaron aaron hopkins uh uh-huh. shout out to him super uh, he's an awesome coach if anyone's looking to get in to try uh, look him up aaron hopkins he can get you a plan and he rode the same he rode every day with james rode the same saddle and he's a nose rider he likes to ride kind of perched up on the nose and and same for him, man. No, no problem.
0: That's crazy. It's yeah. just crazy. Well, let's take a step back, man. Where this, how this how did this thing come come together? How did Bissell become Bicaddle?
1: Happen. Well, I so I've been working in this company for about ten years. I'm the general manager, and I work for a guy named John Petty. Mm-hmm. So he's owned. We have a couple companies. He's owned an automotive company which I've always worked for. Um, we make all kinds of tools for technicians and sell stuff like Snap-on Napa, stuff like that.
0: So and, I'm totally different then.
1: Yeah, totally different, but we're, we were a manufacturer. Uh-huh. And I'd say five, it's been about five years ago, our owner, John Petty, he, he uh, decided he was gonna be a triathlete. <laughs> Just, he he's always been a marathon guy, but uh, he said, I'm gonna try the thing. I'm gonna do this triathlon thing. And, Saddles were just killing him like he couldn't he couldn't train he couldn't get ready um, Lots of pain and he's thinking oh, there's got to be a better option and he went out and he was looking and he came across this bi saddle thing But five years ago it was owned by a guy named James out of Oregon uh-huh. and He his saddle was a little rough around the edges. So it's more of like a medical device almost it was sold uh-huh. to the physical therapists and stuff would sell it okay and anyways john came across it and and he called him up and james wasn't really doing the business anymore because he had gotten hurt he'd been hit while he was actually riding a bike oh no and yeah so he was kind of done he's like i don't know what to do with this thing and he sold the company to us the bicycle
0: so at that point it was like partially developed to that idea like,
1: of being able to
0: So I guess let's explain what it looks like maybe so, so the people that are listening, it's
1: yeah kind of ha- it has the,
0: Yeah, it has the rails of a regular saddle. Yeah. And then kind of a platform, but then on top where the actual padding of the seat sits, it's adjustable like in and out. And does it go front and back or up and down at all? Or
1: no, no, well, your seat post is going to do your four aft. Yeah, yeah. But that's a base. That's a carbon base. Mm-hmm. Carbon rails. This one's a titanium rail base. And there's four bolts on the bottom, and you can.
0: So it allows you to make the the, the spread the seat in and out, so you can open up the nose, or you can open up and- the the rear of the seat. So basically, the it's like a seat's cut in half, and then the two pieces of the seat are kind of in a, in a, in a, they have have the ability to go in and out. So then that way you can just set that for your sit bones, like specifically instead of, um, you know, something that's just prefab right out of the, out of the box. Right.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, normally sit bones aren't quite as important. As long as they land where the cushion's at, Okay, you lock it in. The front is where most people are uncomfortable. Um, so that's kind of tilted forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can get, you know, a lot of numbness, um, a lot of pressure. Some people end up having surgery later in life because they rode a saddle that put all the pressure in the middle and they rode it that way for years. And, and instead of putting pressure on the sit bones, they put it on the middle and crazy stuff happens later in life. If you do that, you get nerve Uh, damage. Yeah.
0: Not good. So Not a good thing there.
1: Back to the story. So we bought it from James. It was rough around the edges. And it took us two years or more to develop something that actually looked like a saddle um, and was adjustable. Filed a few more patents and um, then just kind of grown from there over the past
0: Two and a half years right so how how is it that um well first of all i guess that it solved the problem for the for the owner
1: yeah it did <laughs> he's actually at in boulder right now doing the 70.3 that they oh, have wow. to be,
0: uh tomorrow yeah yeah he writes so, a lot and- so is a triathlon <laughs> that's not necessarily like the full marathon distance. That's the only the I mean, Ironman, right? A triathlon is like basically just running, swimming and riding, right?
1: Yeah, there for Ironman brand, there's the two two distances, a full, which is a full marathon running, um, 112 bike. Uh, I can't remember how long the swim is. I think 2.4
0: miles. Yeah, too or, too or long.
1: Mile. <laughs> yeah. And then you just cut it in half for the 70.3. Uh
0: huh.
1: And those are the two races Ironman puts on. There's other triathlons. You know, there's like an Olympic distance where you're running six miles, a sprint where you would do three miles. And those aren't Ironman, but they have all right. over the place. Um, and that, yeah, triathlon kind of our focus. That's where we do a lot of marketing, but we do have a lot of people on mountain bikes, um, a lot of road cyclists on by saddle, so it really, it can work for whatever you like riding, even if mm-hmm. you are bike, um, you can get comfortable.
0: What's the reason that the triathlete is the the target where like you guys really started at?
1: Part of it's probably because our owner is yeah, a triathlete, but also a triathlete spends more time in the time trial position or arrow, whatever you want to call it. They're a lot more tilted forward and when you ride like that you have to have a split nose saddle and mm-hmm. just too much pressure on the perineum and that so our saddle has been really popular for them for triathletes
0: so just so i'm not um super big on on the road riding stuff so the aero position is whenever you see the people kind of like leaned over they got like elbow rests and they're kind of like forward over like some bars that, that kind of out. That's called
1: like a time trial position when they when they're on their aero bars uh-huh. So you got the drops. If they don't have arrow bars. You'd say I'm in the drops, and that's when yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what that on is. The bottom or on the hoods when they're upright.
0: Right. Yeah. So because of the the triathlon, you're you're trying to be like
1: arrow get your best
0: speed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why you'd be in that spot then. Yeah. So I would assume then when you're in that spot, then it just it kind of like rocks your hips a little more forward. Is that what is like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can go grab if you want. I've got like a pelvis skeleton. You can just
0: explain it. You don't need to show it, honestly, because people are listening to the podcast anyway. So,
1: oh, true. They're not going to see it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But yeah, when you're so right, our pelvis, our sit bones are angled like that. When you tilt forward, they become more narrow Mm -hmm. on the seat. And if the seat's too narrow, the sit bones won't even land on the saddle um they're going to be entirely on the outside so all the weight of our body is going right in the middle on the soft tissue and that's mm-hmm. why you get numbness and pain in there and, and when it's split though you tilt forward and they're angled once you get adjusted right maybe that's how your sit bones are shaped then the sit bones can land actually on the saddle and take the weight off where the soft tissue is at
0: Mm-hmm so why don't they make it like i mean i don't know is there a product maybe that the seat just like tilts to like you know how like i don't Mm -hmm. know mountain bikes we use a lot of droppers so like i would think that you could like also maybe hit a button on your road bike and then it just like gives you a little bit more angle and then whenever you're bent forward it'd be it'd be straight
1: they have they have a, a seat post where you can pull the saddle forward or slide it back uh huh. Um, you get two positions. You kind of pop it forward or back. Interesting. But I haven't seen one where you can change the tilt.
0: Yeah, yeah. So um, the bi-saddle, it, in all the pictures that I've seen, it seems like it's pretty short in the nose compared to a regular saddle. What's the reasoning behind that?
1: Uh, it, it is a, so a noseless saddle. That's a common type of saddle. That's almost like a category. There, there's quite a few brands out there that are noseless that are really short the Mm -hmm. reason is to try to get as much pressure off of your soft tissue Uh by having most of it off of the front of the saddle and trying to get more weight onto the sit bones
0: got it got it yeah there's a specialized saddle that I use a lot on the mountain bike it has a pretty short nose but I honestly thought that was just so it didn't like grab my shorts as much because that's what I really noticed more than anything is that yeah like when I'm moving around, it's, it's not getting hung up. And I thought that was the whole reason behind it. Maybe, uh, maybe those guys are on something over there too. <laughs> oh,
1: that, there's a, there's a lot of great saddles out there. It's not like, there's not, I are saddles more for someone who they've tried them and they still just can't get the custom fit. So they mm-hmm. might be close, Maybe the front's just a little bit too wide. Maybe the back's just a little bit too wide, or even the center. they maybe they're getting some thigh rub where their legs meeting up to the pelvis, and they got some saddle sores. And really, it's a it can be a couple millimeters is all they need to mm-hmm. to not have a saddle sore and to not be numb anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah. Would it be accurate to say that like most people's like hips aren't aren't um, asymmetrical?
1: Oh, it's super accurate yeah a lot of a lot of people will ride with one side further out than the other one uh-huh. so, you know a little bit crooked yeah yeah no. we're not we're not all symmetrical and everybody's got one leg longer than the other for the most part um,
0: does that add into like how the the saddle ends up getting set up or uh
1: as far as one leg longer than the other, you can do some adjusting with a bike saddle because when it comes out, if one side's one, let's say one side's out further than the other, it will drop a little bit because you can see that's rounded. And mm-hmm. you can't see it on the podcast, but the yeah,
0: but the base of where the seat the base is in. is rounded. Yeah,
1: so when one side slides out, it goes down on that rounded curve. Mm-hmm. So that can help if one leg's a little bit longer. If it if it's too drastic then they're going to want to get a fit cuz then they you probably need some shims for your shoes. So oh, can, interesting. Cool, yeah.
0: And this is all stuff mountain bikers are just like, Man, this up, this sucks. I just go drink some more beer when I'm done. Didn't know there was shoe shims. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, on a mountain bike, if you're unless you're competing in like Xterra and you're you're putting in a hundred miles, right? You probably don't care, but right. if it's an hour out there, then whatever. Just
0: Yeah, I mean it's unbelievable the things that you notice about comfort on a road bike compared to a mountain bike. Um I'm, I'm not a, a big road biker realistically. It's just something else to like, like burn some calories or my lady likes it more than me. And, um, <clears throat> but you get on a road bike and real quick, man, you'll like 15, 20 minutes because you're not moving. You're not getting like in mountain bike, you're up out of the saddle. You're like readjusting cause you're, you're going downhill. So you're out of the saddle or, or you're, you know,
1: throwing yeah, I, I never knew the fit until I bought a road bike.
0: Yeah, and then you're on a road bike and you're sitting still just for like like yeah. you're really not moving at all, you know, other than like your legs. And all of a sudden it's like man, you you're you you and you have nothing else to think about except for man, this stem's too long or like I don't like where my right hand is or like you definitely have a lot of time to to figure out what's right and what's wrong there. So, um I could see where a product like this starts to become apparent because I mean, yesterday I rode, I, my truck's in the shop this week. And uh, normally I ride mountain bikes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so I couldn't get out on the mountain bike yesterday. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go like do 50 miles on the road bike. And um, I, I haven't done 50 in a while, like for a long time. It, it's like, I just usually do this little 20 mile loop and that's that. And I'm telling you like, I put in some big days on the mountain bike and I mean, not, not like Iron Man days, but, but, uh, I thought, dude, I could go out and bang out 50 miles. No problem. You know, and dude, by the time I got home, I was definitely feeling it. Like my knees and the saddle for sure, like a hundred percent saddle. And I, I don't know, does that just like, is it, is it the saddle itself is, it's just not right? Or is it probably just it's, my assumption is like lack of use, right?
1: Yeah. Maybe. So how do you
0: know the difference between like, you need to like build it up and you actually have a problem?
1: If you have numbness, you got a problem with your saddle. If okay. you have saddle sores, you got a problem with your saddle, for sure. Right. If your sit bones are sore, you might not have a problem. Uh, um, you probably just need to ride more and you'll be okay but yeah saddle sores numbness the, that's the scary stuff you don't want to don't don't leave it do something about it and right. even if you can't get a new saddle you might just lower your saddle a little bit that'll usually help um get you it, it'll put a little bit less weight on it because it'll put more weight on your legs uh-huh. you drop it and that can help
0: i definitely see people with that problem like um I don't know if they're new or they just, I don't know. They don't maybe, I don't know what the reason is, but you'll see like somebody's saddle is like too high and their like, hips are rocking as they're pedaling.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, how does that not just like kill you? You've been like, I don't know. I couldn't go very far.
1: No. Yeah. I don't know.
0: But I think that numbness is, is probably another one that a lot of people have the issue with. And from my experience, um, sometimes it's just like the nose is too high
1: yeah your tilt can be tilted yeah. up too far true yeah if you're if you're riding more aggressive absolutely mm-hmm. try tilting it down i know like james before i worked with him he had, he would race and and he said sometimes he'd be numb for hours after the race or i think he even had times where for days it would just oh, wow. stay so that that's the type of thing that that is a little scary is when you're if you're numb for hours or a day after That that's something that could last months if you don't take care of it. Yeah, it's bad.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. I, um, I can definitely relate with the, the numbness thing, you know, I, and I don't know.
1: Could even be numbness in your your legs or feet or arms can be. Mm-hmm somewhat saddle related too um but you know that could also be your stems too long your stems too short or or the saddle's too high or like you said tilted too high and there's a lot of stuff that comes into play with numbness especially when it's in different places on your body
0: yeah 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 i feel like the seat post and like the way that it's adjusted and or like the seat comes on and off could be redesigned
1: Yeah, it sucks, most most of them them are terrible, especially if anyone listening has a Peloton, they use something that came from like a kid's bike in the 80s, like they're, I don't know what they were doing on their seat mount. Um, Almost all those exercise bike type things like Echelon and Peloton, they're terrible.
0: You would think a company like that would have their shit together. I mean, they're charging like like five grand for those things or something. Yeah. (laughs) those things are pretty expensive
1: most mountain bike um i found most mountain bike seat posts are better and i think it's because it's a dropper post so someone's giving more attention to it um you know it's more like a product it's more of a name brand type thing other seat posts nobody cares but a dropper i just can't
0: i can't stand the way that they're like the two bolt system i just feel like every time i because like with this, a dropper a lot of times they'll you'll you'll put air in them through the top of the, the seat post
1: so yeah, it's yeah. like get when off. you
0: take it off it's like you know you're going to be at least four or five rides before you get that damn thing back to where it was yeah. you know first of all and like it's just like trying to get those screws in there and I, I feel like there should be some kind of almost quick release mechanism that you like just turn one big lever and it opens up you can take it off and then one big lever and it's like back to where you had it
1: yeah you can't see it you know on the podcast behind me but i've got a trainer and that's our trainer for t- like testing and stuff and mm-hmm. it has a quick saddle changer on it that we use it's a fitter type thing and that's kind of cool you just pop a lever up and the saddle comes off and you put the lever back down
0: yeah i feel like that should be standard like i don't understand why it's not because oh god i just want to like smash my head into the wall every time i take my seat off it's yeah, really a
1: peloton, man. yeah <laughs> you know. it just oh man so I what's thought... really on the exercise stuff like How? what if you're what, on like a peloton what i think is really crazy what if your wife or friend or whatever wanted to ride it and they wanted a different bike seat and then they're you're trying to switch back and forth and those things take you know 10 15 minutes to switch oh yeah
0: yeah, I would imagine they probably be better off just like buying another seat post. It's because it's a regular seat post, right? Or no, no,
1: no, it's all it's like integrated built in. So, you oh, go figure, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you can't just buy another seat post and like just drop it in whenever you're ready to switch in between. But, we do.
1: I mean, I guess I bring up the problem. I didn't think about why I brought it up, but we've got a new product we're going to come out with, and this will mount our base will mount to the Peloton, and then we've got. Another part that just slides in. So you know oh, nice. can you grab the if there's someone else in the home and they want a different saddle, they just pop on a different <laughs> pad onto
0: it. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So so when people go to your site, <laughs> there's a couple different saddles on there. What um what what to, how do how do people decide what they're looking at? Like what's where they start or
1: Okay. There's two different places. There's the main product page they can go to. And there are three different saddles on that page. Um, if they're so, unsure, go ahead.
0: So let's talk about the, the three different where, where, what do you got on there?
1: There's the SRT one, the SRT two. And then we've got a stealth on there. These are a different. They're all a different length. So the SRT one that was our original by saddle. And then SRT2 is actually the newest one. And then we'll talk about the stealth in a minute. But before we click on any of those, down below on the website, there's also uh, like a test someone can take. If they don't know what they want, they can pick, you know, am I a road rider? Am I a mountain bike? And it'll take them through a series of questions to find out which bike saddle is best. And the questions are more based on what pain am I experiencing to figure out what saddle is best. The reason being a stealth is a little bit wide in the center for some and with it being a little bit wide if someone's already experiencing some inner thigh rub no you don't do the stealth it might be a little wide for you you'd be better off with an srt two, because it's more narrow in the center so you don't have to worry about the inner thigh rub um, and then you got the srt 1.0 kind of the difference there is the one is super super short it's really meant for nose riding more for Mm -hmm. time trial and the srt2 is more for someone who wants an all-around saddle they want to ride upright they might want to do time trial be an arrow they want to do a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. and on the stealth i'd say i usually direct people to the stealth those who have ridden a split nose saddle before um stealth is a great option because most people on a split nose will say hey i'm pretty comfortable but uh, the front's just a little too wide or a little too narrow and the stealth can mimic every split nose out there but you can make the front the width that you want
0: interesting what's the benefit of the split nose it's it just like like kind of it takes the, all the pressure off of that like I don't know is there like a an actual name for the taint I don't yeah, know I know it's
1: the taint but it's the real name the perennial
0: There you go. Yeah. Thank you for educating me and and probably 95% of my listeners. <laughs> uh, so it takes the pressure off the perennial?
1: Yeah, the pressure off the perenium. Perenium, that's it. Perenium. All right. Perenium.
0: Sounds like some kind of fancy metal or something like that, but
1: <laughs> yeah, it kind of does,
0: right? Uh huh. So, those have been around for a while though, like the split nose thing, yeah.
1: They yeah. have, I mean, a lot of times if you buy a tri bike, it's going to come with a split nose saddle. Interesting, and, then
0: and that it, it really just is because once you like change from riding on the hoods to in that arrow position that you really like kind of your, your hips rock forward and then wherever your seat would probably be comfortable in the hoods then it wouldn't be comfortable there so that that's right. kind of i'm guessing that's what it over, it's overcoming
1: yes yeah you're right yep. okay there's also you'll see on a lot of saddles advertised a cutout um yes but people also see something called a channel uh-huh and really differences a cutout's normally kind of a pocket shape, it's rounded, and the channel's straight. It's still a gap in the middle, but it's a straight gap. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's parallel to, each side's parallel to the other side. And I don't really know, other than trial and error, I don't really know how to direct someone on whether they get a cutout um, or a channel, Uh, Mm -hmm. but you know the difference. So, you, you know, maybe if someone can just kind of think about it what happens is on a channel, it gives more surface area for the sit bones, but it also diminishes the amount of room to get rid of pressure on the perineum. Okay. So they, you might be more numb with the channel, but if your sit bones are really, really sore, you might want some extra padding for the sit bones to land on. um, Got it. forward. Um, Or if you want the cutout, maybe you've got a lot of problem with numbness. So you say, you know, I need as much room as I can get for the perineum. So let's go ahead and get more of a rounded pocket. Um, But then there's going to be a more pressure load on the sit bone, meaning it's more pointed. Mm -hmm. uh, It's not as spread out. Um, So there's going to be, yeah, there might be like one point of your sit bone that's taking a lot of pressure.
0: So if you're getting numbness in in your perineum then that's more than likely you could use some you're saying a, a, a channel or a pocket to try to relieve that
1: yeah that should help a lot get the pressure off of your perineum so you don't have numb junk and get Got you're under the sit bones
0: yeah yeah i know how that goes <laughs> i was joking with the lady yesterday i was like i don't know if i'm just starting to feel myself again or i have to go to the bathroom but it's one of the two <laughs> <laughs> yeah So, yeah, I mean, it definitely, definitely happens. And I think, you know, it happens less on the mountain bike, but um, I feel like sometimes, man, you're in like that, like I live in Northern California, so we have some pretty long climbs at times where you're sitting in the saddle for an hour or more, you know, and um, unless you stop to take a break. So it's, in those aspects, I think it reminds me of of road biking then where you really start having time to, to think about your fit you know
1: yeah I know I before I rode by saddle. yeah same thing if I'm on a long climb I'd get numb yeah I don't you know anymore with the by saddle but and it makes me think of too I I found a lot of benefit with padded shorts even with by saddle like I, uh-huh. I liked it um but my sit bones were still a little sore because our by saddle isn't super squishy Whatever you want to call it, um, the padding's a bit firm, on purpose. Um, It's supposed to be that way, and the padded shorts like spread out the weight. And so I I wear them on mountain and on the road.
0: Yeah, yeah. I use a padded chamois, but um, some some people are die hard with that, and some people are without. You know, and I I I know I've read some
1: guys. They make some cool stuff. They have. Some shorts that have just like a wool chamois, if you're into minimal stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of options that can help that that don't look like a diaper, so. Right. You know, feel like you look weird if you're a mountain biker and don't want that.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm wearing baggy shorts anyway, so that stuff's all underneath. Nobody, if, if yeah. you're if you're being able to see my chamois, you're looking too hard. <laughs> <laughs> so the um the the stealth saddle is it looks like it's the biggest one of all of them would that be the closest to a traditional saddle as far as like let's say somebody was a mountain biker and they just wanted to try it like would that probably be a good place to start or would it more so i would not i wouldn't
1: do the stealth for mountain if i if i'm a mountain biker i would do the srt 2.0 uh Uh-huh.
0: that's the in-between one why is why is it that you would say that
1: that one's gonna work for upright it's just gonna fit everything because the stealth might look a little bit more like a traditional saddle, but when you sit upright, um, that center section, I find it a little too wide for me. And no, it's not it. too wide for everyone, but I know it is for me. So somebody else I, I would assume is gonna be a little wide. And with the SRT 2.0, you could still make it that wide, but you don't have to, and you don't get a choice with the still
0: Right, right. You can't right.
1: narrow it as far as I would want it narrowed.
0: Would you say the same thing for somebody that rides gravel?
1: You know, we have a lot of uh, athletes that ride gravel, that actually ride the stealth. Um, so, so you know, say, a lot of women prefer that stealth, the, that ride gravel that even ride ultra distance. Mm-hmm. We have some that'll do those 100 plus ultra gravel races and they'll ride the stealth, but they're usually riding on the nose. They don't slide all the way back.
0: Yeah. Yeah um what are the the dimensions that the saddle go from because i I had somebody the other day tell me that they had some i don't remember it was like a really narrow sit bone it kind of like surprised me how small it was that they had said yeah and um then i know like me personally i'm like like around 150
1: or something like that um we can you know some people won't be able to see it but measure it here um the back of it when it's all the way closed it's a 130 uh-huh the edge, to edge. then as wide as it gets that is a 170.
0: oh wow so you could really put some distance in the in the back end there
1: we've had interesting enough you'd think it, it would personally i wouldn't think this would work but our shortest saddle the srt one um we've got a lot of heavier riders that they ride that and they love it you know these are people that are 250 300 or more Uh uh-huh and i've got one right here i'll show you
0: so size wise the yeah there's quite a difference in size
1: a lot shorter but this one, the really short one, the SRT 1.0, um, sometimes they like it as wide as it'll possibly go in the back and the front as narrow as it will go and it makes like a wedge. Mm-hmm. And perineum, it doesn't even touch the saddle at that point.
0: Interesting. So basically on the bottom side of the, the seat cushions, there's just a couple of Allen, Allen screws?
1: Yeah, a couple Allen screws and we provide a short Allen wrench that comes with it. Short uh-huh. meaning um, the front of it shorter so that it's easy to get up under the rails, and mm-hmm. get to the bolts. Once it's mounted, it can be a little tough to get up in there without that shorter Allen key.
0: So, so once somebody gets whichever saddle that they get, how do they go about figuring out what's right for them? Is there like a baseline yeah. setting that you can start at? And then, kind of, what's the process to go from there?
1: so there's two options for those who can end up watching this on youtube there's there's a quick quick start guide inside the, the lid of every box okay follow. the quick start guide would be taking your saddle your bi-saddle when you get it and turn it upside down and put it on top of your favorite saddle so if that's the one you're riding right now if it's kind of comfortable put it upside down on the top of it undo the bolts on the bottom and just match it no, mm-hmm. so it's just it's if one saddle's on the bike, you take the other one, just put it on top. Got it. And match it, match the same shape, because you can mimic almost any shape with a bike saddle. Lock it down, tighten it down, and from there you just mount it and go for it. Um, that's the quick start guide. Now, if you want to be more technical, then inside each bike saddle, there's some. So there's just more stuff that comes with it and there's
0: a piece of cardboard, okay. uh, and you
1: can just use your own cardboard, but we do supply a little piece of cardboard and we instruct you to put it on to a flat surface, sit on it and you'll actually get two sit bone indentations. Um, you get a fancy crayon that you can peel off the paper on and rub it over top of the cardboard, and then you'll see the center of your sit bones. Once you find the center on the cardboard, measure it and find out, you know, am I a 120? Like, what is it? Um, if you don't have a tape measure, the instruction book actually has a tape measure in it printed Okay. so you can use that. And once you find that out, then you, you look and say, well, you know, how aggressive do I ride? Do I ride really aggressive? Do I ride a little bit upright? Depending on whether you ride fully upright or more aggressive, you either add nothing to your sit bone measurement or you could add up to four centimeters. And that's where- Four centimeters? Four centimeters if you ride- Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And that's because we want the sit bones not to be on the very edge. When you add four centimeters, say you're a 120, Right, and you're going to go up to uh, 160. Mm-hmm. Then your measurement is edge to edge on Okay. the back of the bi-saddle. So if it's 160, it. take it out to 160, edge to edge on the back, tighten it down, and lock it in place on the back. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about the front yet. The front is really for comfort. So if, if I'm going to do a full direction, like full fit with the cardboard sit bone, I make the front as wide as possible get it on the bike and start riding and it will be probably too wide um you'll feel it on your inner thigh where it meets the pelvis you'll feel mm-hmm. too much pressure and then i'll start bringing in each side a little bit at a time until the pressure is gone and that'll, mm-hmm. that's the sweet spot once you find that you're done
0: so how do you know if like you need one side to be like off kilter compared to the other side that's the best best way
1: you'll you'll just feel it you know you'll pedal and you'll feel it touching the outside or the inside of your leg Uh
0: uh-huh
1: you'll know i need to bring that side in more
0: got it got it do you need to put any kind of like lubricant or anything like between the actual saddle and that platform that it sits on to keep it from creaking or anything like that or
1: no we yeah no lubricant definitely don't put any lubricant on it we have little washers that are a star shape in between Uh and they dig into the plastic so that it won't move because you don't you do not want it to move after you tighten it down
0: right right okay i get what you're saying there
1: yeah now
0: so go ahead i'm
1: gonna say part of it is you know maybe it's common sense maybe it's not but we always want to measure whatever we have before we take it off you know don't just pull your old saddle off and shoot from the hip. You want it, and it's in the directions, but measure your height, your seat height to the highest point, mm-hmm. measure from the stem to the center point of the old saddle, mm-hmm. not to the nose because ours is going to be shorter. So a nose, if you set it up and do a nose measurement, then it's going to be too far forward. So you measure to the widest point of your old saddle, come back and set it up with the bi-saddle to the widest point. From the stem mm-hmm. back and from the crank up my saddle's a little taller than other saddles so you're going to have to lower your seat post just a little bit mm-hmm. and um, then you, you want to watch for like you've talked about your tilt on there too so look at that usually you want to be at least one or two degrees tilted forward depending on how you ride you might go a little bit further mm-hmm. and all of those can make a big difference even front to back or tilt
0: can change how it feels like a lot make a mm-hmm. yeah definitely um i i it makes me wonder why the split design maybe isn't used more because i mean i i could say that when i'm mountain biking i could have my saddle that's pretty comfortable most of the time but if i get into something steep it's really like pushing pretty hard you know what I mean like yeah, it, oh yeah.
1: and maybe it part of it might be we like to steer with our legs I, at least I do with my mountain bike uh-huh and if your nose is too short um it takes away some of that steering
0: uh I see what you're saying yeah right on
1: for me the the Bonneville this one that for me that's been enough that I'm happy mm-hmm. a little bit of nose that's that's still enough for me. The original SRT that wasn't quite enough. I rode that for a while on my mountain bike, and I chose to go to the one a little bit longer.
0: Uh huh. What was it that led you to that?
1: It was just the steering.
0: Oh, um, uh, because you said you like kind of like like pinch yeah. the seat or something.
1: Well, you know, if I'm leaning into a corner and I, I like to feel the saddle on my legs and kind of feel the bike. Uh
0: huh yeah I'm trying to relate I mean I know that when I first started with a dropper it really was a little awkward to me because I would kind of pinch the seat before with with my legs yeah you know like as you were riding and whenever the the when I started riding with the dropper and it was gone then it would it just was like I didn't have this other point of contact so I'm trying to think about turning and you know, it's it, it's probably one of those things I'm gonna have to pay attention next time i ride and see see if I know know what you're talking about. You
1: might not know it unless you tried out a saddle that was shorter and then you, you come leaning into a turn quick and all of a sudden it's like, wait, there's like nothing touching my leg. Yeah. It just seems I don't know, seemed a little, a little different. Annoying. Yeah,
0: yeah. I can see what you're saying. I mean, I, I um when I first tried that specialized power saddle, um, it definitely was a little different because there's there, the nose is really like basically not there, you
1: know. Yeah.
0: And uh are you familiar with that saddle?
1: Yeah, I like that yeah. saddle. That's
0: yeah, great. yeah. Uh-huh. And so after I used it for a little while, though, I think that like I really got used to it, and now um I re- that's probably my favorite favorite one. I think Physic makes something that looks real similar to it as well.
1: They do, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys have plans to kind of like take this modular design and move it into other kind of types of saddles that maybe aren't um, maybe aren't split or maybe aren't like uh, so short or something like that like different sizes and shapes to kind of get a larger audience or are you really happy with just like sticking with this kind of core core audience that you're or people that you're you're targeting now?
1: We've, um, I don't think we're going to go away from the adjustability because I, I think if we do, what what makes us different? Um, not much, right? A- anyone can go buy a, buy, uh, not a bicycle, but any saddle from China and put it out there and claim that it's amazing and comfortable and mm-hmm. whatever. And then, you know, far as looks the same as everything else, what, what's the deal? Why would someone want it? Um, but we do have some new innovation that we're working on. And some of that includes the, you've probably seen it. There's a 3D printed foam in some saddles now, which lets us put different levels of cushion in different areas.
0: So, oh, interesting. Uh,
1: yeah, like, so the back can be a little softer and a little firmer on the nose. Uh-huh. It's gonna be a, a higher point of pressure load. So we can put a little more padding up into that nose where it needs mm-hmm. a little less in the back so it can spread the weight out a little bit more. So we do have some 3D printed stuff we're coming out with. Um, one of the innovations we're really working on is trying to make it more lightweight. Um, uh-huh. You know, we're, a lot of our saddles are 300 grams or 340. And for some people that just is too much. So we're working on getting down under 250 to 200. Which mm-hmm. is a little tough because we've got some extra hardware, we've got bolts and yeah and stuff. But I think we're going to get there. Some, maybe with the 3D printed foam, which is a lot more light, and then we've got a vacuum formed foam that we're going to come out with. Um, and we might we might come out with a road. We've looked at that. It'd still be adjustable, but uh-huh. longer, um, a lot thinner in the midsection, and we got yeah, more comparable to a road. And regarding like mountain bike. I don't know. I, I think our SRT 2.0 is already the right shape for a mouse, uh-huh. but, but we might need to make the cover more robust so that you know when you're crashing it doesn't get torn up. Uh-huh. Of course, so we do, material- We have a lifetime warranty on the frame, so if anyone has a problem, you just get a free replacement.
0: Uh-huh. So, um on the frame Are you saying like basically the whole thing or just the the bottom
1: piece, the frames, the bottom piece? Okay. So that's a lifetime warranty. The only thing we don't warranty on the covers would be, yeah, if you tipped over and you know, you had an accident and tore it, but if Mm -hmm. if something happened, like it cracked on its own or something came apart, then then we're going to warranty that.
0: Yeah. Or, like the rails or something like that. Uh, Like, what if they bent or something? Rails had
1: a problem, or yeah, we'll try it. Some new stuff. Oh, we do have a, most people don't realize this, that maybe they don't see it on the website. Um, You can actually try it kind of first, right? You'll pay for it, but you get 90 days to ride it. You don't have to return it new. Um, It's not like a pair of shoes, you know, once you wear them, you can't return it. We want you to try it, ride it, adjust it really um give it your best for 90 days and if it doesn't work we'll take it back and do a full uh-huh. end on it
0: what do you guys do you guys go to any events like sea otter or i don't know if there's a something similar for for road bikes or triathletes we did, or, we did like, sea otter
1: last year i don't think we're gonna i don't think we're going this next year so yeah sometimes we'll do sea otter um, and then we'll do because we're big into triathlon. We'll go to the like Ironman type stuff. Um, we're lucky we live, we're in St. George, Utah. So we've had both of the World Championship uh, Ironman races are going to be here. They we just had one in the fall, not the fall, but the spring. We had the world got moved from Kona with COVID, got moved to St. George, and then this um, fall we're going to have the half Ironman World Championship here. So we do we'll go to that type of stuff
0: yeah 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 st george has some pretty good riding mountain bike riding down there what, what do you how were you uh all a roadie first or a mountain biker
1: first? no mountain bike my son got me into it he he was on the high school uh nika circuit whatever it is and so he was doing that for a long time and and it just seemed like it was fun and yeah yeah so i got a mountain bike and yeah we've got a lot of trails they're putting in some really good stuff too, though they haven't finished it, but they're putting in 50 miles up. Um, there's a mountain called Pine Valley Mountain. It's the biggest mountain. If someone's in St. George, they can look, and there's just a really big mountain. And so they're going to put in 50 miles up there with a downhill course, and they're going to make it all set up for NICA, so kids can come and race, and it's going to be awesome. Plus, yeah, we've no. other stuff. We've got like Gem Trail. We got Bear Claw Poppy. Uh, we got some. Yeah, some famous stuff all over.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, I've seen some pretty rad riding down there. So what would be the the don't miss if you're going to St. George? Uh,
1: well, I know very few people get to go, but Red Bull Rampage is just mind blowing. Yeah. Where the guys, because that, that's here too. That's right outside Zion park. So maybe 30 minutes outside of town. That's where they run down those.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, if you if you're just coming to ride yourself, I'd say bear claw poppy, that's one of the trails that's been around since I was a kid, like forever, before mountain biking was really even a sport. Uh-huh. So bear claw poppy or the gym trail out by a place called Hurricane. Well hurricane. they here they say hurricane, it's really a hurricane, but <laughs> you yeah, got the Utah.
0: Yeah, it depends on which side of the river you're from or something like yeah, that, right?
1: <laughs> those are the two i would check out or if you're really adventurous you can do some of the red bull stuff like on flying monkey is one of the trails i've not i'm not that crazy
0: (laughs) yeah it doesn't sound that doesn't sound like that's the kind of stuff i like to watch and not not uh not participate in there's some i uh i rode with the guy that that was in rampage and uh just the way that he looked at some stuff was like it, it was mind-blowing because we were riding this trail and and he just like jumped off this freaking ledge and like <laughs> like like the trail is over here and he jumped off this rock like 15 feet down to like flat or something like that like it was nothing and it was like all the rest of us are like trying to figure out the line over here that you ride and uh it was just like it, it was one of those moments where it made me realize like oh if your skill sets there, The way that you look at stuff has to be so completely different than everybody else.
1: We've got a lot lot of the Red Bull or the Rampage pros live here now. We've got like Ethan Nell. Yeah, man, I'm trying to remember some of the others. I know we've got three or four.
0: Yeah, somebody said Jackson Riddle in the- Jackson uh, Riddle, yeah, I think he's Tyler McCall here in the- Tyler's here. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what happens when you build something. Like, what is the deal there? Is it like, um, is that like like federal land or something? It's like, or is it private property and people just go out? Cause it seems like people just go out there and like build whatever the craziest how, shit is they can come up with or yeah,
1: I don't know how they're allowed. Like it's federal land. So I'm not sure what they had to do or deal they had to make with the government, but yeah, it's yeah. All federal land
0: interesting kind of out in the middle of nowhere it's
1: not no one really lives out there it's not part of like a park or anything it's just um oh i see just, yeah like wild desert and they have to take all the water in on their backs or take it out there on a side by side and uh spray it down while they build the jumps and,
0: that's crazy yeah so back whenever you guys decided to um reach out to the iron cowboy like how did that initially just like just kind of look for his instagram send him a message hey you guys you interested in a saddle
1: <laughs> like I, john our owner he's the one that reached out i have no idea how he reached out to him
0: yeah so then what did that process look like uh trying to because because you were saying that you guys designed something completely different with him than, than what you guys already had.
1: Yeah, we had the Stealth, we had the Sprint, we had the um, the original SRT. It We do all of our own in-house stuff. So we have a lot of 3D printers. Um, we have injection molding mm-hmm. machines. Uh, we don't make our own foam, so we don't have the equipment for the foam.
0: So, but, and this comes from the manufacturing of the other stuff that you guys do.
1: Right, um, we, so, so you
0: guys we, already have all these we tools.
1: All we got all these tools. We got all the printers. We've got engineers, and um, we can prototype stuff really, really quick. We even have we have printers that aren't that can print foam, but it's not like a production foam. It's not something we would sell, but it's the type of thing that uh, an athlete can test. So we'll print all kind of different foam shapes, put different covers on them, and. That's kind of how it went with James is uh, printed a lot of different saddles. He tested them, tried them, said, hey, that nose is a little long." Or, um So
0: initially you guys thought you were like, hey, you're gonna like, did you guys come to him and say you wanted to design something out the gate? Or was it like, did, hey, no, try this out? He, and then what you guys had didn't actually work. And
1: he was already riding on by saddle. And then um, he told us about the Conquer 100. And that's when we started uh, working on something together because he knew he knew he needed something that was going to be at least for him just as perfect as as he could get it or he wasn't going to make it 100 days. Right. But you better right. make it 100 days like is <laughs> he ended up with a fracture, stress fracture in his leg and he had to walk the marathon every single day.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah, it was brutal.
0: Did, did they do a documentary on that too?
1: someone filmed it but they haven't released it yet wow it'll be good. i can't really imagine like that's just
0: ridiculous walking a marathon how long does it take to walk a marathon
1: i remember most days he was getting done at 10 11 almost midnight and then oh he back up at 5 a.m in the pool <laughs> do i don't know. even
0: know what you do for recovery on something like that you know
1: and and there there we were some crawl into a coffin of, like Dracula uh,
0: and like wake up the next day. <laughs> he'd
1: be totally asleep and they, they'd be massaging and and uh, cooling and heating. And, oh, oh, wow! And then just that's what leave. I need. I need like
0: sleep massagers, man. <laughs> that's when yeah. yeah. you know <laughs> you've arrived when you can just take <laughs> a nap and somebody's giving you a massage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um what what is so you guys have all, all this this different like printing stuff and, and whatnot there like how how do you just go about like somebody's just like hey I this needs to be a little bit shorter and just kind of adjust the, the plans and reprint it again or like what does that process
1: like how does that go and so my, most Engineers are going to use a software called SolidWorks, and that's how we draw up all the CAD and the shape Um, of it. And and yeah, we're going to, we might have to start over or we might be able to take what we already have and just shorten it or widen it. The curves usually take a long time, so it's not fun to really change because the, the, yeah, curvature is difficult. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But yeah, we just work on
1: it in the software, get the shape where we want it. Uh, and then the software just talks with the printer. It's not a big deal. Yeah, for yeah. Once it's done in the software, you just you got to position it correctly in the printer. Sometimes has to print vertical or laying down so that it's supported. And we can print everything, or we can print like the base that the foam would go onto, and print the foam and put the covers on and all that stuff. And and what's cool is we don't have to make the base part all over again because that's universal. So we write in rails in the same base. Um, we're just printing these, um, the, the bottom, like the underside and it, the underside will bolt onto the foam. And so we're printing all of that over and over and over again until we find a shape that works.
0: Is that type of printing a newer technology or is that something that's been around for a long time for other kinds of manufacturing?
1: It's getting a lot better printing is way better than it used to be even in just the past i'd say five years it's changed a lot there's um, printers in the old days it's always just been it almost looks like a string of plastic comes in and it melts that plastic as it lays it down into a shape um just like a printer
0: like a 3d printer that i have here at my house basically kind of like that
1: yeah that's kind of the the way it's always been done. And those are still okay. Even some of the foam printers, it's not really foam. It's printing a rubberized type plastic. And that's how we can print a foam shape. That's a lattice. And so Mm -hmm. it feels like a foam because it's got air pockets in it. Oh, Um, I see what you're saying. Okay. We've got some other printers that will do stuff like nylon and those printers are a little bit more new and, and it's not like a string of plastic. You pour chemicals in and it uses lasers. Um, And it's using like a liquid um, along with the lasers to build the plastic. And that can give you a lot better finish. It's nice and smooth. It looks like a production product. And it's a lot lot stronger um, as well.
0: That's interesting. Do you guys have the ability uh, as the employees that work there to use the tools and stuff like that for your own projects?
1: Uh, Not not usually, no. Well, like some people, the engineers do, sure. But um, yeah. I haven't made anything for myself.
0: Yeah, we have a where like I was telling you before the show. I, I work for a company that that makes uh, ROVs for the bottom of the ocean, robots and stuff like that. And we have um, a lot of like CNC and different machinery like that. Yeah. And. Um, not like all of the production machines, but there's some an area that that we use for prototyping. That basically you could go in there and and use anything in there to to do what you want to do after work or 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 because um, I guess the way that we look at it is that if you're learning how to do these things, like it's going to help you with your job too. So yeah, uh, we probably yeah. should we
1: probably should yeah. open it up more because we've got. I don't know we might we don't have a lot we maybe have two large printers um that can print, print um, stuff a lot bigger than a bike saddle and then we've got you yeah. we might have eight or nine smaller printers so yeah
0: yeah yeah I recently started learning how to do 3D printing and for a long time I didn't buy a 3D printer because I knew that it was going to be like a rabbit hole that I was going to be going down yeah. and sure enough you know that it's proven to be accurate but it's been really fun to like it changed the way that i look at things in my life whenever i can't like like in the past it'd be like like for instance this camera that i'm talking to you on um i bought a different like uh i don't know how you call this thing it's like a like a bendy kind of metal that you can like put into a certain spot. I don't know what, what you it's call it. like that. a mount,
1: but you can adjust like the angle or something. Right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah.
0: it, it kind of looks like the way that the metal would be on like a, 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 one of those shower heads that you like can detach from the wall. You know what I mean? Yep. Except for it's stiffer. So you can just like bend it wherever. So, the, but this thing doesn't come with any kind of mount. So originally I had like built some mount out, and this was back before I had my printer, built some mount out of like Legos. And I was like, there I got this freaking mount for it. But (laughs) now it's like whenever, you know, I had actually the other day, I ended up just printing a base for it because I was like, oh, I can print one now. And it'd be like exactly the right size. And like, I can thread it and I can like all this stuff, you know, and and to have that ability to just look at something and, and before it would be like, go to Amazon, see if it's there. And if it's not, it's like, well, okay. Well, doesn't exist. Moving on. You
1: you, you use the, like there's all those communities where you can get people to design free stuff and they can print it. Do you use that?
0: You know, I haven't yet because I think for me, I really like the creative part of it. So even though there's probably somebody that may have like invented already what I want, um, for the most part, I'm always designing something specific for myself, even if it's like, like I, I printed some clips that like hold your brake cable and your dropper cable together. I mean, they sell those, and I could have probably found them online already that somebody designed. But it was like, well, I can design my own. Like that's, I just it just seems a little more fun to me. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So. So yeah, now I got an Etsy,
0: uh, Etsy store, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've thought about buying just some, you know, a cheap printer for myself at home. And I just, I haven't, I haven't done it. I'm not, I didn't go to school for engineering. I'm not a CAD designer. So I don't know if I really want yeah,
0: to. Yeah, it's definitely room, a, stuff. It, it was definitely a time commitment to like, I mean, I'm I'm pretty computer savvy. So it took me about a week to, be semi-productive with, I use Autodesk. There's a, it's called Fusion 360. It's a free modeling program. Uh And uh, it took me probably a week to get decent. You know, it was probably less than that before I was already trying to make something, but then it would be like, look up how to do this. And then I would get a little bit further and be like, look up how to do that now. And
1: yeah,
0: at this point, I'm sure there's like, probably 90% of the software that I don't know what I'm Doing, but for the things that I've been wanting to invent so far, I have enough tools in in my tool chest to be able to like to make them them. You know, so it's it's been really interesting. So I I can imagine working in an environment like just full of people that are have that that kind of skill set is interesting. You know. Yeah,
1: it's fun. You know, I I used to own a woodworking company, a cabinet company, and. I loved designing kitchens and bat type stuff, laundry rooms and and uh, using, we used cabinet building software like 2020 and I love that stuff. But and, and maybe that's why I'm kind of interested in doing my own thing with printers too, because that was a lot of fun. I, like I said, I just don't know if I want to take the time to learn it and if I, maybe I should be doing something else with my life than that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I can understand where you're coming there from there for sure. It, it definitely at times it's like, hey, it's it is how many how many things do you need to come up with to waste your day away with, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Got some bikes I need to ride. It can't
0: be. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. So you mentioned earlier that the uh that if you guys were building a mountain bike saddle that you would make the material a little more rugged. It is the durability of the current cover like what, what's that like compared well, to? Well, because, okay. I
1: mean, well, like, you know, you think of like a WTB, a lot of times they'll put a, it's almost like a vinyl, a boat grade vinyl on yeah. there, and then they'll put on cloth. They might sew cloth around the sides so that when the side hits the ground, you don't tear it like you do on a vinyl. And ours is vinyl, you know, whatever you want to call it, vegan leather um, type material, but it's not the boat grade because that the boat grade type of vinyl is a little thick and there's it's really hard to get cushion with that mm-hmm. um you, you can't sink into it which i think is fine on a mountain bike if you're not spending hours and hours on the saddle so that's where yeah we might need to, to upgrade it for mountain bike but it is going to change the comfort level a little bit you know? mm-hmm. so we just even though
0: you said that the saddle is kind of firm though so that's interesting to me
1: it is a little bit firm. I think the foam, to me, the foam would be like a medium firm on our mm-hmm. saddle. The SRT2 is a little bit softer, um, but the SRT1 and the and the uh, Stealth are definitely more firm on the firm side. Hmm. I think it helps keep your sit bones a little bit higher huh, off of the saddle, keep keep the perineum a little bit higher off the saddle. And,
0: uh-huh. um,
1: yeah
0: is there um any any like thing that's that aside from the adjustability that that makes the buy saddle stand out from from other saddles is there any other innovation with that or
1: how short they are is definitely different there i actually don't know of any saddles as short as ours uh-huh. They're a more traditional shape. There's some funky ones like on Amazon that aren't, they don't even look like a bike saddle. They're just like a, maybe there's like two pads that you sit on.
0: Oh, I think I have seen those before. Yeah. They're, but it's like only like supporting like the sit bones and that's it, right?
1: Yeah, and, and maybe they're good. I haven't tried them myself. Uh, it's just it looks a little too strange for me. Right. So, a uh, bike saddle looks more like that traditional type saddle, more of a traditional shape, but it's still really, really short. Um, uh-huh. so people that want that, that, then that makes it different. More so, it's the adjustability that makes it different than anything else mm-hmm. out there. And a lot when, of people buy it, the buy saddle, they've tried 10 saddles, they've tried maybe even more, and they've spent more than they probably should have. They've, you know, maybe they, didn't take the time to go to a bike fit and try 15 or 20 saddles. um, Or even if they did, sometimes people will go to a bike fit, find one that they like, and then they put in the 50 miles and realize, Nope. Like, yeah, that was really squishy and felt good when I was in there on my bike fit. Yeah, Squishy doesn't equal comfort after 50 miles. Like it just, it can get really uncomfortable when a saddle's soft and, and you're on a long, long ride.
0: Um, a lot it changes a lot what is what causes that because I I would say that um, one of the things that I tell people when they first get into mountain biking is don't buy a new seat (laughs) because like almost everybody that you see or a lot of people that you see get to get to, to riding within like a week or two They like buy those gel pads that like they can put on top of their seat, or all these different like, or they're like buying some other seat. And I usually tell them, you know, hey, just give your body some time to get used to it. And then after like a month, if you're riding regularly, if you're still having problems, like okay, then start looking. But um, a lot of times, people are just assuming that like, like you said, squishy is better. So why is squishy not better?
1: I believe it's because, well, I'll I'll compare it to if you do any running, uh, there's running shoes that are really soft and running shoes that are more rubbery and have more rebound in them. Mm -hmm. And me personally, if I'm in a pair of running shoes and they're very, very soft and they're too plush, um, I lose all the energy. Um, it just soaks in. And after I run long enough, it feels like the shoes almost collapse after a long enough run and there's not Mm -hmm. much rebound left. And that's what I really think happens on a soft bike saddle is that foam collapses and there's no rebound left. So there's no, there really is no cushion left. Mm -hmm. It's up to the bottom of that nice squishy feeling seat. And uh, there's there's nothing, there's no give left. it's almost like you're just riding on a a board. Um, Yeah, so that's what I, you know, maybe I'm not right, but that's what I believe is happening is that you're? We're just sinking too far into it, and then you get something a little bit firmer, and it can hold the weight. It can continue to rebound, continue to provide cushion for a long, long ride.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. So, hmm, where where do you where where do you guys see the company going into the future? Just kind of like dominating the 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 triathlete market, or. Just kind of trying to stay. Probably
1: some different stuff in the future that is related. We did purchase a different triathlon brand, like not quite a year ago called Oomph sports. Mm-hmm. Um, so that should allow us to branch out into some more products that, and, and we'll probably stay closer to the triathlon market mm-hmm. and provide solutions to problems that people are having. And, and it might be bike related. It might not be, bike mm-hmm. could, we could branch into the swim and the run a little mm-hmm. bit um i can't there is some stuff that we'll come out with i just i'm not supposed to release yeah. yet but it is specifically but and, and we're trying to stay on that adjustability uh uh-huh. form so that uh-huh. whatever it is we're hoping it's changeable that right. we can switch between options and get something that's custom your body or uh-huh. maybe custom for how you ride uh-huh.
0: um,
1: or custom for how you run maybe you're maybe you over pronate um and you need something specific to that or maybe it's all about hydration and the way you hydrate is different than other people so you have options and the ability to not have to keep searching and buying different items to get what you want but you can customize it
0: yeah I would consider making a handlebar that's a little more adjustable.
1: What do you want adjustable about it? Would you make it so you can bring it in closer further out more?
0: I think so that you could change the angle of the drops. You know how like some different bars like the drops will flare out as they go down Uh and then also on um, on arrow bars. So uh, for people that aren't familiar with what those are, they're kind of like the, the flat part that goes across like like right to left, that has kind of a shape, like almost like an airplane wing. So like the front of it is like a little rounder and then it has a, a, a wider spot for your hand to sit on. And for me, I like those a lot. I don't know why, just I feel like the round bars like kind of just dig into my hands whenever I'm sitting up. But with those arrow bars, you like when you, depending on where you, you adjust your handlebars to point, then the angle of that that arrow may not be right. So I feel oh, like you yeah. could like, there is third party parts that you can screw onto a round bar and kind of like make those flares go the way that you want. But to me, it's like, why couldn't you make a bar that has like different adjustments like that, you know? Oh,
1: that's great. That's a cool idea. We're, we're gearing up to do carbon as well, uh-huh. probably just um mostly plastic um, type stuff here, but yeah, we're getting everything set up to do carbon, so we should be able to do some custom carbon, because you're going to want, you know, if it's a handlebar, you're going to want carbon for a road bike. Mountain right. bike, I'm sure, aluminum's fine. Carbon's still pretty bike. popular. I mean, I,
0: I use carbon bars on a mountain bike, too, so. Okay. Yeah. Well,
1: how about mountain bike? Would you change anything with a mountain bike handlebar? Mountain bike handlebar? Well, just, I've seen some that have, like, It's almost like a you know the little pad on a on a skateboard um the rubberized part underneath it like screws in for the trucks so they can move back and forth they have those little rubberized grommets in the handlebars so that when it's vibrating a lot it doesn't come through to your hands
0: yeah that company i actually had on this podcast a month or two ago i think it's called fast
1: fast or something yeah they're here in st george
0: yeah, yeah, that's cool. You guys have a lot of, a, a handful of companies down there that are either mountain bike related or bike related, so. I've so seen that,
1: you know, we've thought about, you know, could that be translated over into just a, a handle grip?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, There's a company called Rev Grips that have like little, ru- like rubber grommets that that give the grip a little bit of move movement to it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, you can check those out. I I check tried them and the ones that I tried they didn't really I, I don't know if the grip the, the the movement in the grip didn't bother me any, but the actual grip itself I wasn't a fan of. So okay. like for me it may like that was the that was the problem that, that I that I personally had with it and I don't know like if my issue with it is actually like has anything to do with like the performance of the product you know what i mean right like I, I bet it was doing what it was supposed to do but to me i was just like i don't like the way these feel in my hand you know like so like it to me i end up because uh, i grabbed the end of, you know back in the day people used to use the kind of like the bar ends on on mountain bikes okay and i i climb like that because I freaking started mountain biking in the nineties and we all had bar ends. So like, even now, whenever I'm climbing, I I usually am resting my hands in that position. And um, those rev grips, the way that the they work, the outside is like this machine piece of metal and it just would dig into the palms of my hands. And it was like, I didn't like that part.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like my boy, he likes the, just the all foam, you know, uh-huh. just like the rubberized grip. But I love the rubberized. Uh, grip yeah, grip I haven't so tried like it. ones with the metal on the end. I like those those
0: ones. Yeah, I I um I used to use grips that had
1: the 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 um,
0: rings on both sides, and I've really been going with the ones that just have the one on the inside now, like on the the closer to the stem. Yeah. But um, yeah, I know it's interesting how that how that stuff kind of. Everybody has their own, their own, their own thing, right? Yep. So, anything about saddle that you, you think that we we didn't touch, or
1: uh, just you know, if someone gets onto the website, they should know there there there's a lot of different options and configurations on Saddle. and there's more than one place to do the configuration. The first place most people go is they come to the product page. Maybe I click on the SRT 2.0, but once I'm there, then you can pick what type of rail you want. You know, do you want a chromoly rail? Do you want a titanium rail? Do you want a full carbon fiber base? And that's what really would be the weight.
0: Just to, uh, to kind of sidetrack us a little bit there, what would be the reason that you would choose a different rail material?
1: It's to, just for a weight savings. Like titanium is 20 grams lighter uh-huh and then the full carbon base is oh it's like 40 ish grams lighter uh-huh. than the titanium so
0: the rails are carbon the base is carbon like everything's carbon at that point
1: yeah yep.
0: now and then as far as strength then that's still just as strong
1: it's really strong and but part of it the reason why the carbon's so strong is it has an oval shaped rail which mm-hmm. means it only works with with a top mount and now most mountain bikes are top mount meaning the seat post clamp will mount top to bottom it'll okay uh a lot of tri bikes have a side mount where the bolt sideways you know it comes through sideways and uh-huh. unless you have like the specific oval side mount clamp then it won't work on the side mount clamp uh, and you guys don't mount.
0: have a, a an option that works with that clamp then
1: for for the side mount clamp yeah our standard are chromoly and uh-huh. the medium are round rails so they work on the side mount oh,
0: okay I see but you just can't go carbon
1: no you can't go carbon unless they have to either get a hold of the manufacturer of the bike or the seat post and make sure they get the oval side clamp and then they it work for it okay um so you pick that then on like the SRT 2.0 we have a black one or one that's white so you pick that uh, and as well, on the 2.0, I can select either a channel cutout, which is straight, like we talked about earlier, or you can get the cutout, which is more of a pocket.
0: Mm-hmm. Shape. And that really just comes down to what kind of relief you're that you're looking for?
1: Mostly what, whatever you're suffering from. Yeah, if you have numbness, I'd say get the cutout. If you have sit bone pain, I would go for channel. Okay. Or saddle sores, I do channel.
0: Mhm. So is that something that is is that all on the site there, or because?
1: Yeah, when when you click on the actual product, it has mm-hmm. all those options and explains the difference between them. Or right. if someone wants something even more custom, we have on the website. It's called Builder. Uh huh. You know, just the top. You click on Builder, and you can go through and and pick each component separately so you can, can see a picture you can see oh I want the chromoly rails and there's a picture of just the chromoly rails
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you pick the padding um, and it's all just there you select the padding and then we even have if they use the builder you can pick a color for the bottom of the saddle it's an accent. Oh, cool. can you yeah. pick, pick a white a blue or a red if your bike has an accent color and you want to match it mm-hmm and then you can choose an add-on add-ons just like if I was unsure and I didn't know well you know maybe I want to try the stealth maybe I want to try the SRT 2.0 you can try a a second saddle at a discounted price if it's added on to the order
0: oh so you could basically have like at that point like two different that you could switch in between
1: yeah to try And, and then you can send back the one that you don't want So yeah, if you're unsure, I'd always recommend, you know, grab one of those because you're not gonna get the discount buying it later. uh So you might as well add it on and then return it if you don't like it. The one- What if you
0: like them both? Like, is that the price or do you
1: have to like pay some extra fee then or? No, you can keep it and you can come back and you could actually buy another base and you could have two saddles if you really want. Because the add-on is just the padding part. Right. That you add on. yeah that's fine right on keep going
0: and then um basically what's the turnaround time at that point then
1: we normally ship either same day or next day and Mm -hmm. our free shipping if you're in the united states is always priority mail which is Mm -hmm. two to three days and maybe hawaii and alaska are going to be a little longer but everywhere else where else is two to three day shipping
0: Mm -hmm. and you'll have it and you said it's a A ninety-day like money pack, no questions asked kind of warranty. As far as like, just go out there and ride the hell out of it, and if it's not solving your problems, then and send it back.
1: Pretty much, you know, you'll pay. So we cover the shipping to you, Mm -hmm. but if you want to send it back, you do need to pay the shipping to us. Mm -hmm. But then we will refund whatever you paid for it. So we don't. There's not like a stocking fee or any hidden. Type of stuff or if you really need to you think well you know uh, hey i I just want to try something else you just click exchange instead of return Mm -hmm. and we'll exchange it for whatever salary you want and we'll pay to ship it out to you
0: oh i see so like maybe you didn't do the add-on and you're like you know what i think i do need the stealth one or the cutout instead of the channel then you could exchange the ones that you have do you get another 90 days at
1: that point or uh no not at that point the so you'd want to do that sometime within the 90 days if you want the exchange got it okay Uh, so basically all
0: of your switching around Mm -hmm. has to happen within 90 days
1: yes or you know you'll end up with whatever you switch it out for. (laughs) Uh, we'll, we'll still do an exchange after that but we don't do a return so maybe you want a third exchange yeah, uh-huh. we'll do that after 90 days. Not a big deal. You know, oh, okay. Cool. six months and you just didn't get a chance to write it. And now you finally did But yeah. you want to ride a different one. Then that's fine. You just get with us and we'll switch it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then you said it was a lifetime warranty on the, the base. And then um, basically
1: what, what was the rest of the warranty? The rest of the warranty, I, I guess it doesn't state it on the website. But at this point, we've been in business. Like five years, we've always just done lifetime on yeah. really everything. Yeah, um, yeah. The, you know, if someone wears it out, we we will usually give them a discount on a new saddle if they've just ridden it so much that there's nothing left. And that does happen sometimes. we'll usually discount a new set of pads for them.
0: Right, so for the most part there though, it's just a matter of buying the pads again then, right?
1: Yeah, you can keep the same base. Just pick up another set of
0: pads. And- so, so most people don't wear the base out is what, what I'm getting at.
1: No, I, I haven't seen it happen yet.
0: And what do the pads cost if just say you're a, you're like, hey, I'm not trying to work some kind of deal here. You guys did a great saddle. I wore mine out or I wrecked it or whatever. I drug it across the ground. And, yeah. you know, like what does what that cost on its own?
1: They are, some of them are 150. Other ones are 160.
0: Right, and the whole saddle itself, I think, if I remember
1: correctly, ranges it little... from about two forty up to three fifty, mm-hmm. depending on if you get carbon or titanium
0: or chromoly. Uh huh. So, so there's a little bit there. I mean, and obviously, it's a little more expensive than a a normal saddle, but I mean, for like the the for an, something that's going to solve a, a problem as specific as that, I would expect to pay more money for it.
1: what what I think is kind of cool about it is if maybe you're at the beginning stages, you're just getting into cycling and and you're thinking, well, like, I don't want to buy 10 different saddles just to find one that works. Even if someone returned the saddle, buy it and try it because you can mimic really any saddle out there. So if you're thinking, well, I, you know, I want to try something that's more like an ISM or I want to try more like a WTB or I want to try the something more like a road saddle you can pretty much mimic anything out there and try it and see what it feels like, adjust it, make, and mm-hmm. then that way you can try 10 different saddle shapes with one saddle and mm-hmm. see what shape really works for you. Uh, there there's one thing we didn't cover. If you really want the saddle, you can even change the profile on the buy saddle.
0: What do you um, mean by that?
1: There, these are called wedges.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: If If I'm by saddle, you're still getting some numbness, then we might recommend something more rounded like that. That'll so where does that
0: go? That goes in between the 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 base that you have. So it kind of locks into the base and then the seat goes into that again on top of between,
1: that. Yep, and just locks in
0: oh and those come with every saddle, or that's an add-on piece
1: right now they come with every saddle now within probably the next four or five months we're we're updating the base now it'll it'll be retroactive so even pads from the past will fit on the new base that we come out mm-hmm. with but when we do the new base because it's going to be new wedges we're probably going to make those an add-on um, but mm-hmm. for now yeah you you get the wedges with every order
0: so hurry up and go buy one now, guys.
1: If you want one, <laughs> You know, not a ton of people need the wedges. It's kind of rare. But if you if you do need it, you can pop it in, make it more rounded. Uh-huh. Or if you're getting some um, saddle sores, a lot of times we'll say do the flattening wedge. Because flattening wedge provides more surface area. It mm-hmm. flattens the, the padding out. And so there's more room for the sit bones to land. Mm-hmm. On it's not—it's not as much point load onto the sit bones when it's flatter. Do
0: you guys have some kind of hotline that people can call up and like? Because I feel like there's a lot to to this tattle. <laughs> that I mean, it, it, yeah. It's it a seems like honest. like I, I would want somebody to do it, like set it up or to talk to about, like, hey, I'm having this,
1: or what do I do? We do, and it's just our main line, like on oh, our wow. website, and normally they'll end up talking to someone named Brick and that's with a B, like a brick wall. Uh-huh. Uh, sometimes it could be me, I don't know. It depends on if Brick's out and if our secretary's out, then maybe he'll talk to me and uh-huh. we'll walk you through setting it up if you're having a hard time.
0: So same thing then if you're not sure, because like I said, when I first saw this, it was like a Facebook ad and I was like, oh, I wonder what that is, it looks a little different. And I went to the website and for me, it was it was a little overwhelming because I didn't know where I would start. I did see that you had like the little like, uh, I answer these questions and it will kind of point you in the direction of the saddle, you know? Yeah. But even at that point, I was like, well, how do they know? Like, I still had like questions. I felt like, you know, I think calling would be, at least for me, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm old school, just like talking to people.
1: <laughs> no, I, that's good feedback because we want we wanna make the website easier to understand. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's good feedback. I'd love to know what to change and how to make it easier to find the saddle that's right and not be confusing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, that's the thing with websites nowadays, man. I mean, Back in the day, it was pretty easy. You just threw up all the information and people figured it out. But now, <laughs> now it has to like, it has to read your mind and tell you what you want to know or whatever. I don't know how they do it. They, it, I used to be interested in web design when I was younger, and now it's like, yeah, it's too much. I don't care anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's definitely. Um, so, I mean, basically, we, we talked about what what it does for people, what the warranty looks like, how fast it turns around, what you guys are doing in the future, and it, it's definitely. Um, it's it, it's it seems like a niche product, but on the other hand, it's really something that I think everybody that cycles deals with is like from day one, like what I made the joke about somebody that was just starting biking, like being comfortable in your saddle is really, it, it's a problem,
1: you know? it's Yeah, it's usually the first thing that goes. Someone gets a bike and, if you're not comfortable at least for most people it's like it's my bike seat like my butt hurts so yeah. obviously and that might not always be the answer right but a lot of times it is I, I think a lot of times people will buy a bike that's not the right size you know they'll buy a medium and they should be a large or they'll buy yeah. a, a 52 centimeter and they need a 54 or whatever and and that can cause all kind of problems yeah you know, before I got into cycling I remember I bought a like an extra large and i was like well, what does it matter like I'll, I'll just i don't know extra large bike whatever and yeah. i i can't ride extra large i'm like a medium large for mountain bike somewhere in between the medium large and
0: yeah i sold a bike to a guy once and uh he didn't really care i i had this i i'm six two yeah. and i kind of fall in between that large and extra large spot and my assumption is because i rode bmx when i was younger i tend to like the smaller frames just because i i like kind of how i i, I feel like they move around better yeah. and um, every time i try an extra large it never works out so this one particular time i decided to buy an extra large of the frame that i was buying that i was riding because it, at that point it was kind of old and it was like oh i could pick one of these up used for like five six hundred bucks and just throw all my parts on there and see, you know, cause it got in my head. This is what happens is it gets in my head and I won't stop thinking about it. I'm like, maybe I do need an extra large. <laughs> and uh, so sure enough, I rode this bike for a while, didn't like it. And I was like, all right, putting all the parts that were on it back on and I'm gonna sell this thing. And um, this dude came to buy this extra large bike. And he was like, if he was lucky, he was like five, four. And, and I was like, you know, this is a little big. And he's like, nah, it's fine. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's like, you're, you're, you yeah. sure? And he's like, nope, nope. This is, I like this bike. This is the one I'm going to get. And I'm like, all right, man. But uh, yeah, people, you know, who knows? Maybe he just wanted that to like ride around town with his daughter or something like that. Maybe, you know, and if that's the case, like, yeah, maybe it doesn't matter as much. But if you're going to go out and, and do, um, some serious riding having the right size everything is is pertinent you know
1: and that I mean that kind of brings up something with the bi saddle I don't think bicycle saddle is really meant for a leisure rider um someone who's not spending a lot of time like it, it, I don't think it's it's just not the right saddle it's really meant for someone who is riding a lot who maybe rides you know two times a week yeah you, you're probably gonna need to do something unless your rides are just at the grocery store and they're like 10 or 15 minutes. But if you get out and you really ride and you're doing 10, 20 miles at a time, then buy, sell is right for you. That's yeah, that's you should be looking at.
0: Yeah, I think that's the reason that um, it, that that I thought about it more and more, because like I said, I saw the ad. I went to the website and I contemplated whether or not like, hey, should I reach out to these guys to see if they want to be on the show? And um, at this point, I'm riding usually six to seven days a week probably um it, it depends for the most part like almost every day and um being comfortable in 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 that area it means a lot especially if you want to do it every day like that you know where um yeah if I mean, you're was, good,
1: like we'd love to send you one but if you're good on power saddle i usually say don't change mm-hmm. so if you're you can ride that much, and everything's okay. I'd stick with what you, what you I, have. proven
0: and Yeah, I, I'll say it like this: I was in the infantry, so that means there's a good portion of my brain that isn't working properly. So, <laughs> so like, I could just be dealing with it and being like, "Yeah, this is the
1: saddle."
0: Yeah, so, saddles hurt. Like that's yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like when you were talking about how long it's sore after, I'm like, okay, well. I've never had to be sore, like numb for another day. But I mean, for, for a little bit afterwards, I lately I've been having this thing and I thought it was cause I changed my shoes, but now I don't know what it is, but like, like if you had like the ring toe, the ring finger toe on my one foot, the tendon between there and like my heel just starts hurting something fierce. And I don't know if it's like saddle position or if it's like, these sh- like like I thought it was my shoes because I just bought a different pair of shoes but yeah. then I started having the same problem in my road bike which is not the same shoes so I'm like man I don't know what's going on or I'm just like overusing it you know what I mean like probably every time I, I go
1: to the doctor they're like you
0: need to do yoga and I'm like <laughs> yoga. I eat yogurt isn't that good enough
1: <laughs> I think so- sometimes it can be maybe your your clip in is you need to change the angle of it and that
0: some, shims are sometimes used for that too maybe your can yeah. be angled in or out or
1: yeah it's weird on my mountain bike it it's i'm using flats on
0: my i use the, the the shimano clips on my my uh road bike or my gravel bike but uh yeah it's really weird it just started happening right around the same time i bought those shoes so I initially was really blaming it on that. And now I'm like, now I have no idea what's going on, but one way or another, um, back to what I was saying about the saddle, you never know with me, like I I really could just be dealing with the wrong, wrong thing all my life, but
1: yeah, I think that- Right, listen to your body and we'll send you one to try if you want.
0: Yeah, I think the older you get, the more that you pay attention to these things. You know what I mean? When you're in your twenties, for whatever reason, you're just like,
1: yeah, whatever, I don't care
0: and then you're in your 30s you're like i think i would buy that but i'm still too cheap and i feel like once you hit your 40s you're like all right fuck it i'm gonna buy this thing and when you're in your you're older than 40s i'm assuming it's just like you're not even questioning
1: it you just go right in,
0: like give me the most expensive thing you got
1: yeah (laughs) you've been dealing with enough pain with whatever just getting old yeah
0: yeah i'm done yeah totally yeah well man i really appreciate your time sitting down and talk to me about everything um would i do, do you watch youtube like normally oh
1: well, some i i don't like watch it all the time but yeah i
0: have i always ask people and it doesn't matter if it's bike related content but like what youtube channels do you like watching because sometimes there's some really fun stuff that comes up and uh you never, you never know. So I was wondering if, if there's anything in particular that you like
1: to, to watch. No, I, I have no idea.
0: No idea. So just videos no idea. Whatever the algorithm is. watch it
1: all the time and they could tell me some good channels, but I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: I hear you. No worries, man. So it is what it is. Well, once again, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us. I think that it was, um, there, there was a lot of good knowledge there. And I think that, um, what you guys are offering is something that that's very specific to solve a problem for people that are putting a lot of miles in and, and um, I can relate with that. So I um, definitely am, am stoked to, to be able to have the chance to talk to you and, and
1: um, yeah. One other, maybe one other thought is even if you don't ever get a bi-saddle, hopefully people pay attention to the pain that they're feeling. Because it, it comes all over the place when we cycle. It can be in your neck and your shoulders and your arms, your legs, your feet, like you talked about. Um, if you want a, just a quick bike fit guide, um, we worked closely with the company Bike Fit for a long time. And they put together a little guide. And if you ever feel like it, you can go to com. You can download it just on the homepage. You scroll to the very bottom. It's a quick, it's like a troubleshooting guide. So mm-hmm. if you're... Feeling pain in some area, you can grab that guide and it will give you some recommendations on what to change. Um, but if you can't still can't get comfortable, I'd say look somebody up. I mean, yeah, uh, you shouldn't have to be in pain. Um, there's, yeah, there's a solution. For sure. Yeah,
0: my wife was having some problems, and uh, she she ended up going to a bike fit, a professional guy, and it was one of those things where like in the past. I don't know what it was, you know, 200 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever it is. You're like, I don't, I know how to put my saddle or whatever, you know? And she went and talked to this guy and he like had her buy different handlebars and different stem and adjusted some of her heights of stuff and the back problems that she was having have gone away. So it's definitely, um, there's a lot in fit that uh, I think it's easy for us, us, guys or gals to, to just assume that we can figure out on our own, you know? Yeah. So definitely, definitely some some good wise words there. Once again, I appreciate, appreciate your time. It was really good talking
1: with yeah, you, Jeremiah. You too, well, thanks. thanks for
0: having me. Yeah, yeah, all you guys out there listening, definitely go check out their website, buysaddle.com, bisaddl ecom or just search buysaddle. Saddle. Um, let me tell you, if you click one of their ads in Facebook, uh, they're gonna know for the yeah. rest of your life. you're getting you're getting all the ads everywhere. It doesn't matter where you're at yeah. <laughs> the algorithms out there paying attention. those of you guys that are are new to the channel, thank you for listening to this. If you're on the podcast, hit the subscribe button. if you're on YouTube, same thing there. Uh, thumbs up if you enjoyed the content. do me a favor, swing by my Instagram or my or my uh, Facebook page, biker b one me a follow over there always enjoy seeing those numbers come up and plus it's easy to interact over there i post a picture you make a comment we have a little conversation something like that right so either way really appreciate all of you guys that are listening especially those of you that are out there on patreon i really appreciate it like i said at the beginning of the show it's as little as a buck a month to help keep this thing keep going Instead of saving a starving dog, you can put beer in my fridge and keep this podcast going. That would be great. Really appreciate all of you. Thanks again. Remember one thing, it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one.